very own personal journal that navigates through my young adulthood, discussing all things self-development, relationships, and new chapters, but we're doing it Shania style. I'm your host for this podcast. My name is Shania Belcher. Let's get started. everyone welcome back to Shania's audio diary happy Wednesday I almost said Tuesday but it's hump day happy Wednesday not sure if you'll hear this on a Wednesday but happy Wednesday nonetheless I hope your day has been wonderful so far I hope your week has been wonderful so far um I am (laughs) in the process of moving out of my apartment back to San Antonio I am also juggling my very last class for my undergrad degree and I'm still juggling my normal week-to-week responsibilities at church and um still trying to keep my sanity so um yeah we're here we are here but it's okay everything is fine um I'm also preparing for my graduation coming up in a couple of weeks so I have to take grad picks this weekend um I'm also getting my hair done, preparing for my family to come in the weekend of my graduation. I'm also preparing for a weekend of fun-filled festivities for my friends and my beautiful siblings and I. I cannot wait to spend time with my brothers and my sister. And yeah, I'm I have this whole, you know, graduation celebration thing in mind. It's just I have a few I have a couple setbacks. Um first of all, let me just say Airbnbs are expensive, okay? And I understand that most of them don't want parties, don't want events, but it's like, what else are you expecting? Like, I should I should be able to have a get-together because my friends aren't rowdy. Okay, maybe of course, I mean, I guess if you're the homeowner, you wouldn't know that, but in my, my friends aren't rowdy, okay? Um, anyway, moving on. I'm, I'm preparing for... A weekend, uh, a celebratory weekend. So hopefully this all works out in my favor. I do want to take the time to thank everyone who had such nice things to say about page one. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable with you. I have had uh, friends and family call me saying like, I listen to your podcast. I listen to your podcast. And I like automatically cringed because prior to that episode, I was in a space where I did not want to be vulnerable or I was afraid to be vulnerable with people again. I really don't share personal things like that, especially in a public setting. So I thank you for the kind words. And McKenzie was so near and dear to my heart that I did feel the need to protect my feelings. And you guys said such kind words and I really, really thank you for that. You know, showing vulnerability has been a lot harder to do than usual these days because my feelings would constantly get stepped on by important people in my life in the past. And I am trying to get over not wanting to share that side of me and to start opening up again. I used to encourage vulnerability um, and I never understood why I'd have friends or family who chose not to be vulnerable. I get it now. I get it now. I definitely get it now. I don't think that's how it should be, though. Personally, I don't want to have my walls up. I don't feel like I can 
wholeheartedly love people that way. And at the core of who I am, I am a people person. I want to love people. It's, But it's also difficult to receive that love back from people because in my head, it's just not genuine and it's going to cost me something. But that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> Today, I'm just going to express some feelings to you, some things I've been wrestling with for a while. So I guess I will have to be vulnerable with you all again today, and I hope that you will bear with me. I was on the phone with a friend the other day, someone who I haven't known for very long, and they told me that they could sense that I was lonely. Okay, first of all, let me just say that I find it very interesting that I have a few people in my life now who can read me like a book from cover to cover. I have never had that before. Now I am definitely, I'm definitely the type of person who wears her heart on her sleeve. I am stupid, stupid, buku stupid expressive. It's to the point where it's embarrassing. Like I won't have to tell you that you just pissed me off because it's in my face. It's in my body language. Oh, and you're, you're going to feel me. And you'll know that I'm lying when I say I'm fine. <laughs> I had um, an ex-boyfriend uh, that always said that he could tell when I was lying because he claims that it was in my face. But I never saw it. I, I never knew he was, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, I've never really felt um, seen by people. Not emotionally. Um, let me actually let me clarify that. People closest to me, and it's made me super sensitive to things. Not like crybaby sensitive, but I do feel things very deeply. What bothered me about my friend's comment wasn't what he said because he's right. I'm just not used to someone being able to point that out in me. You know, I've always been labeled as strong. Shania, you're so strong. You'll get through it. Shania, you're such a strong girl. Shania, keep your head up. You're strong. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing to say, but for me, depending um, particularly with the people who usually give me these comments, um, it translates from them as, I can't help you. You're just going to have to get through whatever you're going through by yourself, just like you've always have. Especially because after that conversation, that typical conversation that usually happens when I go through something, they don't ask how I'm doing anymore after that. So it also makes me feel like you just wanted to be nosy. Um, you don't actually care. And they think that you're okay and that you've moved on, at least in my in my world. And it never occurs to people that perhaps you don't want to have to be strong all the time. It's just, that's the only choice you've been given. Due to recent events, especially within the past year, I felt like I was trying to get to a place to where I was untouchable, emotionally. Not cold-hearted, just untouchable. Like no one could let me down if I don't let myself down. And I have God on my side and he's never let me down. So what do I need people for? The conversation continued with my friend where they added that I'm not alone because I'm surrounded by people. But what good is it to be surrounded by people who still make you feel alone? And the frustrating part for me is I know exactly where my loneliness links to. I was adopted at birth within my family, but I was raised as an only child at home. 
My parents were in their 40s while I was growing up, so they had their fun already. They traveled, they lived, and did things as they should. They were in a place in their lives where they were content with sitting at home and watching TV. But I liked to go out and do things. I wanted to go skating, bowling, to the movies, etc. Both of my parents worked. Uh, my dad was nocturnal. <laughs> he worked during the night and mom usually worked during the day. But for the most part, you know, when we were at home, we were all in our separate rooms. I'd usually spend a lot of time with whatever friends I had at the time. You know, the kids on the block, friends from school, friends from church as I got older, and them, them little friends I used to have, as my mom would like to call it. Yeah, I'm referring to boyfriends. I'd get uh, emotionally attached, way more attached than the other person. And if a friendship or relationship ended for whatever reason, my world would be crushed, even if I knew they weren't good for me. Now, I have a huge family, four sides to be exact. There's my adopted mom and dad's sides, and then there's my biological mom and dad's sides. They're all different. They communicate different, receive and give love different, problem solve different, critical think, critically think different, and bond differently. And in my family, I was always seen as the crybaby. <laughs> I was uh, I was too emotional, too sensitive. Couldn't really bond with anyone, uh, maybe except for a, one cousin on my adopted dad's side and maybe my older sister, who was also known as my cousin at the time. Both uh, were older than me and still saw me as a baby, still see me as a child to this day. Unfortunately, I'd like to say that my family was my first bully. There's some people who will say ugly things to you. And they actually try to mask it by saying that they're joking, but they meant what they said. Those things could point directly to your flaws or your insecurities, stuff you already think about yourself that you definitely don't need an amen on. And it can only be said by people who claim to know you well, but in their own creative way. And if you express your hurt, you're being sensitive and you can't take a joke. Better yet, you're weak, and you need to toughen up and get thicker skin so you can continue to take jabs from them. Then there are some people who I just couldn't relate to as family. There was no click. We had different interests. We, we already haven't spent a lot of time together growing up. We just so happened to be family. Then it would baffle me because there is no effective communication Everything is swept under the rug and, and never dealt with. Everything. Everyone just walks around holding on to past pain. For instance, I still hold on to what my mother said when she yelled at me months ago. If you paid attention hard enough, or if you were around long enough, you could see it. But nobody notices. Nobody cares. But honestly, to a certain degree, how could they? That was probably the culture of their time. That probably was what it was like for them growing up. That's the way it's always been. That's all they know. How could I expect them to know any different? All you can do is what? Pick your head up and move on. For me, I felt like my feelings were invalidated a lot. Or it was the, 
you're a child, so you have no wants principle. I wasn't close with much of my family, except for my daddy. Majority of the family time I had growing up was when I would go to my great-grandmother's house on my adopted dad's side and be around his side of the family for holidays. He was the glue to our family and his, and I admired that about him. My dad would spend the most time with me growing up, I'd like to think. He'd cook breakfast for me in the mornings, take me to and from school. He would sing along to K-Love with me in the car, watch movies with me. We watched SpongeBob in the mornings before school, and he threw me the best birthday parties. But he was also my shoulder to cry on and my number one fan. Between trying new sports, growing pains, bullies from school, mom and I not seeing eye to eye, me trying to figure out where I fit in in our world, making new friends at church, adjusting from private school to public school. Even when I found out I was adopted, daddy was always there. My mom and I lost him suddenly to cancer when I was 15 years old in a time span of four months. And that's pretty much where my journey first began. This is also when I met God for the first time. As I got older and mom and I adjusted to life without my father, I grew even more attached to my friends. I'd give them anything. I'd give them the clothes on my back if they needed it. I'd go against my mom's wishes sometimes and still overextend myself for my friends, even if it bit me later. But friendships would still end or they'd grow apart. I think the hardest part was communicating my needs to people because I didn't know how to, not in a healthy way, not without feeling like I wouldn't be heard. I know what I used to do is put others' needs before mine, not communicate my needs at all. And if I was getting stepped on or taken advantage of, I wouldn't communicate how I felt until my feelings were hurt so bad that I would unload all the harbored feelings I had onto that person. And they probably had no idea I was feeling that way. And I have to be honest, I still struggle with this. When someone would hurt my feelings and I wouldn't communicate that to them, it wasn't because I want you to read my mind. It's just in my head, I wouldn't think to do you that way. So I can't believe that you would want to do me in that way. And then at that point, what's the point of explaining myself? That, and I felt like what I asked of folks should, have, should be bare minimum things for someone you claim to love and care for. And me, all I ever ask for from people is their time. If you would just take the time to show me that I have your undivided attention or spend quality time with me and make it in a point, let me know, hey, you're valuable to me. I I'm, want to make it a point to spend time with you. That's where I feel the most loved. I've always just felt like that is bare minimum. But for some people, it's a lot. It'd be too much. By the time I actually would be open with someone about how I felt, my feelings didn't matter. Theirs mattered more. Or I had no reason to feel the way that I felt because it would be ridiculous to them. And I was too much for people. College life was probably the first time that I actually looked at myself and noticed my part in my heartbreaks. You know, the lack of communication on my end, the overextending myself, 
the people I chose to keep around me, my attachment issues, etc. I changed my circle of friends maybe a couple of times. I started loving others from a distance and stopped overextending myself. And it was a step. Honestly, a bigger step than I would like to give myself credit for. My family was still a mystery, but for the first time in a long time, life was peaceful. It was also very joyous when I started dating McKenzie, as I'm sure you all know by now. But there was a lot of frustration and anger back home, and I consider my church as a part of that home as well. You see, uh, <laughs> I have some authoritative figures in my life or older people in my life who I felt like wouldn't listen to me. They would not hear me because communicating that your feelings are hurt or let's say they cross the boundary, even if you tell them something they don't want to hear, that would translate to them as I'm attacking your character. And of course, in result, they become defensive. Oh, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Or it's something along the lines of, well, this is just who I am. Then it just repeats back to, you're just being sensitive. You know, I, I learned something about myself. It's a total defense mechanism for me to distance myself from someone. Because when I do, I don't feel like I can trust you with me. Would you actually listen to me if I did tell you how I feel? Do you respect me enough to listen? Or am I still a child to you? That has no wants. My cousin Bree and I have this conversation about this topic quite often. I love you, Bree. I was born in 98. I am a late 90s baby, so I still made the cut. Argue with your mama. Some older folks don't feel like they have to listen to a, young, a thing a young person says because they're older or because they don't want to be wrong. Some older folks will start to hear only what they want to hear when a young person speaks because what could a young person possibly know more than me? I'm older, right? Especially in today's world. Some folks believe that because they lived life longer, they know better than you, even if their story isn't yours and they can't relate to your situation. They can say anything they want to you too because they're older. And some folks just like giving advice to you that you didn't ask for, that may not even be good for you, just so they can feel good about themselves and impose their input onto you anyway. We can continue to blame social media, like usual, because they didn't grow up with it like us kids are growing up now, right? Hell, I mean, I was still playing outside in the street until the light came on when I was growing up. Not to mention, older people are on social media way more than us young people. But my point is, there's still a huge disconnect because no one is listening. I'm not saying older folks don't deserve respect, because I am very mannerable. I always have been, and I always will be. I'm not going to have my daddy come whoop me when I get to heaven, because y'all try to make me get out of my character. But I do think that young people deserve the respect, too. One of the best things you can do for someone, especially if you're an older person, is to make them feel heard. Make them feel safe. Like they matter. 
Not that your way is the only way. Because when you love and care for someone, you consider them too. And their feelings. You know, these these past few months were the loneliest I've ever felt. It led me to make some stupid choices. I uh, hated going through the motions of going through things by myself. Questioning everybody's motives with me. Isolating myself. Feeling like I couldn't trust anybody. And maybe this will sound cliche, but I had to let God comfort me. I had to let him be there for me. Because he saw me when others don't. Sometimes I still feel like it's me and God against everybody else. Even though it's not like that. Other times... I feel like I'll have the answer to all my questions later in life because the Bible says it's all working together for my good. And I still believe that it is. But I'm learning to let go of things that I can't control. That includes family members, authoritative figures, friends, people who don't want to meet me halfway, who don't want to consider me and my feelings. Who want to make me feel less than who I am for whatever reason. Because what I can control is myself. And what I respond to, how I respond to it. And I can still strive to be that woman that I'm striving to be. I realized that I used to seek validation from folks I looked up to all the time. I I wanted them to understand me. I wanted to be guided. I wanted to know that I was on the right path and I'm making the right choices for me. Sometimes I just wanted a hug. Other times I just wanted them to hear me. Most of all, I wanted my feelings acknowledged. Just like my daddy and Mackenzie used to do. Perhaps I was just looking in the wrong places. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end things here. So, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. guys that's all we have for today but thank you so much for listening to shania's audio diary if you've enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe and you can leave your review of the podcast on spotify apple podcast anchor and more more details on shania's audio diary can be found on instagram at shania's audio diary enjoy the rest of your day and i'll see you guys next week bye